from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up yesterday evening, Senate Republicans managed to block the Democratic-backed election bill that would have essentially federalized elections in the U.S. Rotten proposals have sometimes been called a massive overhaul for a broken democracy, sometimes just a modest package of tweaks for a democracy that's working perfectly, and sometimes a response to state actions, which this bill actually predates by many years. But whichever label Democrats slap on the bill, the substance remains the same. It's always been a plan to rewrite the ground rules of American politics. That was Republican leader Mitch McConnell speaking on the Senate floor yesterday. The so-called progressives or leftists in Congress are now saying this calls for the, ele- the elimination of the legislative filibuster. Stay tuned. This attack on the election integrity of uh, our nation is far from over. Tyler O'Neill with PJ Media joins us later with more. Also, fireworks last night at the Loudoun County, Virginia, school board meeting where parents showed up to demand the end to indoctrination. They caught you red-handed with an enemies list to punish opponents of critical race theory. You're teaching children to hate others because of their skin color. That was retired Virginia State Senator Dick Black. Following his comments, the school board ended the public comment period, and actually had citizens arrested for refusing to leave. This parental pushback, driven in large part as a response to classroom curriculum, advancing critical race theory, is spreading across the nation. North Carolina Congresswoman Virginia Fox, the ranking member on the House Education Committee, joins us in just a moment. And as U.S. Catholic bishops voted to proceed in the drafting of a policy that would allow individual bishops to determine if pro-abortion elected officials would receive communion, 60 Democrats have warned the Catholic Church not to weaponize the Eucharist. One Democratic congressman, Jared Huffman of California, said a repeal of the church's tax exemption may be in order. Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League, is here to respond. And has a top Chinese spy defected to the West carrying intel about how the coronavirus was created and released? Unverified news reports suggest the defection was behind the White House's about face on a probe of the origins of the coronavirus in May when President Biden announced a renewed intelligence probe. Asian author and expert Gordon Chang joins us with more. And the Democratic governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, appears to have capitulated to the pressure of the Biden administration and the left as he issued a veto of the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. The question is now, will the legislature uh, call itself back into session to override the governor's veto? We'll talk about that a little bit later. The website, TonyPerkins.com, if you're on the free speech platform of Gab, it's at... Tony underscore Perkins. Let me remind you tonight, speaking of education, what's happening in school boards, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time, a special edition of Pray Vote Stand will be focusing on what is happening in uh, classrooms across the country, but more importantly, what's happening in the chambers of school boards as more and more parents are responding to the information that they are receiving about the indoctrination of their children. We'll be joined uh, by a mom and a daughter duo 
uh, in Loudoun County, as well as Adam Kissel, a former member of the Trump Department of Education, also Meg Kilgannon, who was uh, also in the Trump administration, now back at FRC, from the Department of Education. She'll be joining us to talk about what you as parents can do. And we'll be joined by Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia, uh, who will be talking about what churches can be doing as we see what is unfolding in public education in our country. Again, that's 8 p.m. Eastern Time, prayvotestand.org. Be sure and uh, join us. Also, said this yesterday, and again, want to thank all of those who have joined with us and uh, pledge to partner with us. We have a, a match uh, that has been given by some generous donors as we approach the end of our fiscal year. And if you'd like to stand with us, you can do so. We've got team members standing by to take your phone call at 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. As I've mentioned before, the Family Research Council Washington Watchery received no government money none whatsoever, and we are here to serve you because you stand with us, and we want to be your voice here in our nation's capital. We want to keep you informed as to what's happening, but we can only do that uh, if you stand with us. So join uh, the thousands of others across this country and be a partner with Washington Watch and Family Research Council. Give us a call, 800-225-4008. Also, you can go online at TonyPerkins.com and make your gift there. All right, tempers flared again last night at the Loudoun County School Board meeting as the school board considered requiring teachers to address students by their self-identified names and pronouns. The school board abruptly ended the public comment period after only 51 of the 250 scheduled speakers had spoken. When angry parents refused to leave, the school board called the police on them and had a few of the parents arrested for trespassing. Now, the, the really at the core of this, two things. One, we have the transgender ideology that's being forced on students in the classroom. But we also have the critical race theory, uh, programs, curriculum that is derived from the critical race theory, contains the critical race theory, has galvanized opposition, and it's moving across the nation at alarming rates. And uh, many in Congress here are taking note of this. Congresswoman Virginia Fox highlighted the push for critical race theory in a Fox News op-ed. She represents the 5th Congressional District of North Carolina. She's also the ranking member on the House Committee of Education. And I believe we have her with us. Congresswoman uh, Virginia Fox, welcome to the program. Hi, Tony. It's wonderful to be with you again. I really appreciate your having me on with you. Uh, uh, you know, what you've been describing, especially the school board meeting last night, was one of the most arrogant things I've ever seen among elected officials. Uh, I am really applaud the, the parents for coming forward and expressing their opinion. You know, I was on a school board for 12 years. I was a state senator. I'm now in Congress. I know who I work for. I work for my constituents. And the American people... Uh, do not accept this critical race theory. This is an ideology that says we are inherently racist. It's corrosive to our founding principle that we're all created equal, and it's it's an embarrassment and it's an insult to uh, hardworking Americans. It, it's just unbelievable. 
Uh, Virginia, in your op-ed that's uh, on foxnews.com, you say this is indoctrination. It's absolutely. The epicenter of this push is the 1619 Project, and the whole idea is to indoctrinate students with critical race theory. It, it, it is what they want to do. It, it's really Marxist in its, its core, too. Um, the central thesis, and I think every one of your listeners probably understands this, America was not founded in 1776. That is just not true. It's been debunked by prominent historians who've pointed out lots of historical inaccuracies in the project as it was published by the New York Times. Um, We don't need to take down the positive attitude of Americans toward our country. We're the greatest country in the world, and we have been for a long time. And we should be very proud of that. We should be instilling pride in the country's next generation of leaders in order to continue our leadership in the world, our leadership uh, in making this a better world through our example. Now, you, uh, you, you wrote something in this op-ed that I thought was interesting that, that quite frankly, I had uh, I'd missed, that the, the proposed priorities of the what the Biden administration is doing in terms of enticing schools, local schools, to interject this uh, uh, 1619 curriculum uh, is a pro. It's a violation of the prohibition of the federal government's involvement in local school curriculum. The federal government is not supposed to do that. Now, I know that when we talk about violating the law. That's nothing to the left. They uh, they violate the law all the time. But this is a violation of the law, or at least in spirit. Absolutely. And and we do everything possible, Republicans do, to keep the federal government out of our curriculum. You know, we we got rid of Common Core, which people were opposed to, um, through our uh, getting by our uh, passing the Every Student Succeeds Act. We said no state can be required to have common core. We are probably going to have to do something on this, but with the Democrats in the majority, in the House and the Senate, and with President Biden in office, it will be very difficult to do that. But we did get rid of common core, and now it looks like we're going to have to get rid of critical race theory, too. It's just such an insult on the American to the American people and an assault on this country. It truly is. You know, Tony, I grew up extraordinarily poor, and yet here I have had a chance to 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 work hard, get a good education, and be in the Congress of the United States. What we should be instilling in our youth is it doesn't matter what your background is. There's always room for you to succeed in America. Right. doesn't matter whether you have a disability. doesn't matter what your um, uh, whether you're male or female, doesn't matter whether you're black or white, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter. We are great because of the opportunity and because we do treat people equally. But we are conditioning people to think that they can't succeed by telling them that they're disadvantaged. Correct. Uh, and therefore, you don't, you don't even try uh, because right. you're, you're disadvantaged. And that is That's contrary right. To what has made America a, a great nation, 
in years past. Uh, Congresswoman Virginia Fox, before we run out of time, I want to transition just a little bit on this aspect, because as you talk about this, is coming from the federal government, the Biden administration pushing this, enticing uh, these grants, uh, enticing the states with the grants to teach this in the classroom. You've got uh, some cases willing educators wanting to be a part of the indoctrination of our children. So this leaves the parents really on the front line to defend what's happening uh, in the classrooms of America and defend their children. What should they be doing? Well, they should be doing exactly what they are doing. And, you know, we have uh, black parents, white parents, Asian parents all going out there and saying, this is wrong, wrong, wrong. Do not tie a, 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 a millstone a millstone around children's neck and tell them they can't succeed. And, you know, Tony, the parents need to continue to speak out. Again, they're the bosses of the school board. They're the ones that hire them by voting for them. They're the bosses of all of us elected officials. And, Tony, I'll leave you with one more thought. Why are millions of people attempting to enter this country if it's such a bad place? Very good point. Uh, it right. says a volume about this country of people wanting to come here, even with right. all the problems we have. Congresswoman right. Virginia Fox, always great to talk with you. Thanks so Thank much you, for your Tony. leadership on Capitol Hill. I appreciate Hill. it. God bless you. All right, folks. Uh, hey, you're interested in uh, being involved in your local school board next Tuesday, June the 22nd. We're, we are having a school board boot camp. You can register and be a part of it 12.30 to 4.30 Eastern Time. Go to TonyPerkins.com and register for the FRC Action School Board Boot Camp. All right, coming up next, Democrats trying to take over the election system in the U.S. Tyler O'Neill with PJ Media is here. What is Roe versus Wade and what did it do? The Supreme Court's 1973 decision ruled that abortion is protected under the U.S. Constitution, striking down many state abortion restrictions and severely limiting the extent to which states could write their own abortion laws. The Supreme Court's limitations on states to legislate abortion restrictions depends on the trimester of a pregnancy. For instance, Roe disallows states from restricting abortions in the first trimester, but allows some restrictions on abortions in the third trimester. What Roe doesn't do is require states to have any restrictions. Abortion through all nine months of pregnancy is the default, unless Congress or the individual states pass laws restricting it. That leaves a lot of room for unrestricted abortions. For a full explanation of how Roe v. Wade liberalized abortion laws, go to frc.org slash explainer. That's frc.org slash explainer. After the recent wave of media censorship, are you struggling to find a conservative, relevant, and Christian platform where you can find out what's really going on? Here at Family Research Council, we believe that Americans have a right to exercise their freedom of speech and share their stories with the world. If you're ready to hear the facts that the left doesn't want you to know about, then head over to frcblog.com to check out our latest blog posts. We cover a wide range of issues you and your family care about, all written by our policy, government affairs, and biblical worldview experts. We discuss topics that other media platforms won't, like changes in pro-life policy, current events that affect Christians internationally, sexuality from a biblical perspective, and insights into the bigger picture of the shift in American culture. To stay up to date on current news related to faith, family, and freedom, visit frcblog.com. That's frcblog.com. 
Would you like to spend more time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible with their Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. This reading plan takes you through the Bible as events happen in history. Laying out the scripture every day in an engaging manner, it is key to helping us stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start reading today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org Bible. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you if you'd like to uh, be a part of changing the direction of our country. I tell you what, a great place to start. The school boards, uh, as many, many parents are discovering what's been happening in those classrooms, the indoctrination, as uh, Congresswoman Virginia Fox uh, said. So we're doing a boot camp, a School Board Boot Camp, this coming Tuesday, June 29th. You can be a part of that. Go to TonyPerkins.com, register for that. Also tonight, a special Pray Vote stand. We'll be looking at what is happening in school boards across the country as more and more parents are speaking out. We've got some special guests. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern time, so be sure and join us for that. That's at PrayVoteStand.org. Also, uh, we're coming out of the last week of this where we've got uh, our team members standing by to take your phone calls if you'd like to partner with us so that Washington Watch can continue on the airwaves across America. If you'd like to make a donation, it'll be doubled because of a matching grant that's been put forward. 800-225-4008, 800-225-4008 to talk to one of our team members. All right, Democrats uh, yesterday bemoaning the fact that Republicans were able to block H.R. 1, S. 1, the, the effort to take uh, and federalize America's election system. Now, the vote failed 50 to 50. This now has the progressives uh, in Congress demanding that the president lean in for the elimination of the legislative filibuster. Uh, that is, uh, who, who knows if that'll pick up steam, but believe me, this battle is far from over. I want you to hear what uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader, had to say on the floor yesterday. Clip three. And right now it is a fact, a fact, that voting rights are under assault in America in a way that we have not seen in many, many decades. Republican state legislators are limiting polling hours, locations, and ballot drop boxes, raising new ID barriers for students, making it a crime to give food and water to voters in line, and in states like Texas, trying to move Sunday voting hours so it's harder for black churchgoers to go to the polls after services. You know, how they say these things with a straight face, I have no idea. That was Democratic leader Chuck Schumer 
uh, talking about what the states are doing to fix the election irregularities that that were uncovered in last fall's election. Joining me now to talk more about this is uh, PJ Media Senior Editor Tyler O'Neill. Tyler, welcome back to the program. So, Tyler, uh, let's talk a little bit about this. The, the We're hearing now from the, quote-unquote, progressives on the left that this is time to eliminate the legislative filibuster in the Senate. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absurd because they're attacking. Not only are they using a false narrative in order to push this federal takeover of elections, but now they're trying to undermine the filibuster on essential uh, essential laws like election laws. I mean, election laws, if, if anything, should be bipartisan. It should be election laws. And yet the Democrats want to push this through with 50 or 51 votes in the Senate. And this isn't just a, you know, this isn't a run-of-the-mill bill. This would be overriding state legislatures' ability to set their own rules when it comes to elections, to push voter integrity laws, to get rid of voter ID. To uh, and actually crack down on political speech. Interestingly, even the American Civil Liberties Union has spoken out against this bill because it cracks down on free political speech. That's how radical it is. And they want to to get rid of the filibuster to push it. It's an obscene power grab. Now, Tyler, I've been reading where the, the, the White House getting a lot of complaints from the, the progressives in the party, the leftists in the party, because they want the president to lean in more on this. But it would look like the White House understands this is really a non-starter with the American people. They're, they don't have the buy-in. Uh, they'd rather put their energy into something like the infrastructure bill, where they think they have a better chance of getting America's, Americans supporting it. Well, it's interesting because you would think that. But then you have Joe Biden coming out and saying that these voter integrity bills that are passing across the country are, uh, you know, are the new Jim Crow or Jim Crow on steroids, he actually said, of the Georgia law. And he actually, you know, he lied. We, we have the Washington Post fact checker coming in and saying, look, Joe Biden lied about this law, saying that it actually cut down on voting times when in reality it expanded voting hours. So, uh, you know, I, I agree with you that I think in general uh, the Biden administration is trying to push other things, but the rhetoric that we're seeing from the president and then yesterday from Jen Psaki, where she strained to connect these quote-unquote anti-voter laws to the to the Capitol riot on January 6th. I mean, this is this is absurd. But these these claims continue to come out of this Biden administration. So I think behind the scenes, sure, they're prioritizing infrastructure, definitely, because they have to know that this isn't going to work. But at the same time, Biden is pushing harder and harder with this rhetoric in order to force it down the American people's throats. So I wouldn't be so sure that he's he's actually giving up. Well, I, I, yeah, I certainly would not say this is the end. I, I think they're going to move forward with H.R. Uh, 4, which is the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act. They're going to try to probably come back with something along those lines. So this is far from over. I think yesterday was uh, was a victory for the Republicans. I mean, the way I, I see it, Tyler, you've got the Republicans 
uh, and the states in league on this, and then you have the Democrats and the media in league with one another on the other side. Yeah, well, and that's very true, especially when you see the media pushing Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin to get rid of the filibuster, asking them again and again and again, is it still your position? Do you still support the filibuster as if they would change from moment to moment on this fundamental issue? And you know, I've, I've been really surprised pleasantly by their stance on this. We have some indications from backdoor meetings that Joe Manchin might not be as strong on it as he's claimed. Um, but at least so far, and I don't think it's just Manchin and Cinema either. We've had sources saying that many of the other Democratic senators who are, you know, not, you know, are not in extremely deep blue states or who have been in the Senate for a while. Tyler, also- we're out of time. We've got to leave it there. Thanks for joining us. This is not the end of it. I'm sure we'll be talking more about it. Folks, stick with us. We're back My pleasure. after this. Where do you get your news? Do you have confidence you're getting the full truth? If you want to stay up to date on conservative news and are looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged, then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources such as our most recent radio programs, social media posts, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Stay informed with a trusted source. Again, search Stand Firm to download the Stand Firm app. As the political and cultural landscape of our nation has shifted in a concerning direction, it is so important for Christians to be equipped with biblical answers for the difficult questions of our time. That is why Family Research Council created our Biblical Worldview series. With the political left changing definitions to favor their narrative and to push their agenda, at times it can be hard to decipher what is true. That is why we must hold to the truth of the Bible, which stands the test of time. It holds the truth that does not change. Become equipped to stand firm in the face of cultural and political storms with FRC's Biblical Worldview series. This series dives deep into what the Bible says about some of the most crucial issues of our day. You'll learn what the Bible teaches on abortion, same-sex marriage, the separation of church and state, religious freedom, and the age-old question, should Christians be involved in politics? To access this series, visit frc.org worldview. That's frc.org worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Again, folks standing by, if you'd like to partner with Washington Watch, they're going to take your phone call. They'd like to hear from you. 800-225-4008. And uh, again, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Pray Vote Stand, focusing on what's happening in school board chambers across the country. Don't want to miss that. 8 p.m. Eastern. All right. Late last week, a California Democrat, U.S. Uh, Congressman Jared Huffman, suggested the Catholic Church should lose their tax-exempt status. What was the reason? 
Well, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops on Friday voted 168 to 55 to proceed with a draft document on the meaning of the Eucharist in the life of the church. When finalized, this document may make it the church's official policy to allow bishops to deny the Eucharist to politicians who support abortion. In response, Congressman Huffman tweeted, quote, if they're going to politicize, to politically weaponize religion by rebuking Democrats who support women's reproductive choice, then a rebuke of their tax-exempt status may be in order, end quote. But he wasn't alone. Fifty-nine other House Democrats who identify as Catholics signed a letter complaining about the bishop's decision. Here to discuss this is Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League. Bill, welcome back to the program. Well, thank you, and thank you for all the good work that you do. Well, thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. So uh, what about the separation of church and state? This looks like the government's getting into the church's business here. You know, I mean, a guy like this, uh, Jared Huffman, he obviously belongs in a place like North Korea or Iran because they, 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 they believe what he believes. You shouldn't have freedom of speech. You shouldn't have freedom of religion. But i got to say to you, uh, Tony, in one sense he's done us a favor. I, I want to know now, now that he's broken the ice, we have, he's already floating the idea to take away the taxes against the Catholic Church. By the way, that's been tried many times before, so good luck with that. I want to know how many other Democrats feel that way, Catholic or non-Catholic. I don't care who I, I, will, I really know, want to know because there's a serious problem in the Democratic Party today with religious liberty. Now, as an Irish Catholic, I grew up in a family where we all love the Democrats. That, of course, has changed for all kinds of reasons, which the listeners know about. But today they become the enemy of religious liberty and certainly the enemy of Catholicism. So I want to know how many other people now are going to be brave enough to stand with Jared Huffman and say, let's take away the tax against tax status of the Catholic Church, or for that matter, any, any religion which believes that uh, child abuse begins in the womb. Let me read a quote from the letter that 60 Democrats sent to the Catholic bishops. It said, quote, We believe the separation of church and state allows for our faith to inform our public duties and best serve our constituents. The sacrament of Holy Communion is central to the life of practicing Catholics, and the weaponization of the Eucharist to Democratic lawmakers for their support of a woman's safe and legal access to abortion is contradictory, end quote. Well, I would follow up with that, Bill. Isn't the uh, the Democratic Party at wanting to remove the Hyde Amendment, the prohibition against federal tax dollars going to support ab abortion? Aren't they weaponizing our taxes by forcing us to pay for abortion? Well, they are. And by the way, all these people uh, were, were Catholic, uh, led by Representative Rosa DeLore from Connecticut. None of these Catholics have ever found an abortion they couldn't justify. Not one of them. They love partial birth abortion. They're big on that. But you know what's strange to me, uh, Tony? Uh, they actually, after they express their enthusiasm for abortion and, and they're voting over and over again, we track this all the time, especially with these rogue Catholics. Uh, I want to know one question. I have one question here. Why is it that in that same document these Catholics say that we should consider alternatives to abortion? What's holding back their enthusiasm? In other words, if abortion doesn't kill, if it's not the killing of an innocent human child, then why would you want an alternative? Why wouldn't right. you want to have an abortion party, for that matter? Well, they, if it's, if it's health care, if, if, yeah. if it's health care as they define it, what other health care do you want to restrain? What other health care in America do you want to hold back or look right. for alternatives to? You right. don't. It's not health care. It is the taking of an innocent life. 
Well, Tony, they also, they also say in the same document that we believe in access to education for everyone. No, they don't. They lie. They're against school choice. It's charter schools. They're against uh, money to go to Catholic schools or evangelical schools uh, or, or, or to yeshivas. So they lie about that as well. Look, these people are the most radical elements within the Democratic Party. I'm ashamed to say that they are Catholic, although I keep referring to, for their, I keep referring to them as self-identified Catholics, because everybody's reality now is made up on the spot, you know. Uh, they, they claim to be Catholic and whatnot. And we know Joe Biden's a Catholic. How do we know that? Because he carries rosary beads. Now, let me say something. As a practicing Catholic, yeah, it's nice to carry rosary beads. It's nice to say the rosary. If anybody thinks that that's dispositive, that that's positive proof that you're a practicing Catholic, they're living in some other land. No, I want to know why is it that this so-called practicing Catholic is working against the Catholic Church? You know, the Catholic bishops don't willy-nilly decide you're not going to get communion, okay? Right. What right. they say is this. If you're a public official like, like Biden or Pelosi or DeLauro, uh, the Kennedys, we are going to have a dialogue with you and try to convince you of the wrongness of your position so that we can persuade you to accept the Catholic teaching on this central moral life issue. Well, as a matter of fact, the dialogue has been ongoing. Guess what happens? This is why I have no patience for some liberal Catholics. The more they dialogue, the more radical Pelosi and Delora and Biden become on abortion. Dialogue hasn't worked. Something right. else is needed. Well, and this may be it. Uh, Bill Donahue, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much. All right, Bill Donahue with the Catholic League. I, I think what we have here is uh, the lines being very clearly drawn. And it, I think it needs to, if you're going to proclaim a faith, I think it, mean, it needs to mean something. The Catholics, very strong on this issue, always have been. They have a right to say, this is what we believe, and if you don't believe it and act accordingly, you're not a part of us. All right, coming up next, a top Chinese spy. Has he defected, and is he revealing information about the origins of the COVID virus? Gordon Chang joins us next. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday by tuning into Washington Watch on the American Family Radio Network, Bot Radio, the KTLW Radio Network, and independent Christian radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. Since the Supreme Court decided Roe v. Wade in 1973, over 60 million people are now missing from our country due to legalized abortion. Public opinion, our knowledge of law, and scientific advancements demonstrate that Roe should by no means be considered settled law. Roe is an abomination in our country's history. And it's time for the horrendous practice of legalized abortion to end. To learn more about the legal, historical, and cultural reasons to overturn Roe v. Wade, go to frc.org slash Roe. The Equality Act sounds like good legislation and something that ought to have bipartisan support, but it doesn't. Why? Because the Equality Act, paradoxically, would spur inequality. It is Trojan horse legislation that would hinder equality and would massively overhaul our federal civil rights framework. The stated purpose of the bill is to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation. The real effect of this bill would not be to eliminate discrimination, but to erase the freedom to hold a different opinion. The Equality Act would mandate government-imposed inequality, 
by requiring acceptance of a particular ideology about sexual ethics, while leaving no room for legitimate public debate. Simply put, the Equality Act mandates an anti-life, anti-family, and anti-faith agenda throughout federal law and would be a disaster for all Americans. To learn more about the inequality of the Equality Act, visit frc.org slash Equality Act. Since June of 2015, over 12,000 Christians have been killed in Nigeria. This violence has reached a point at which experts are warning of a progressive genocide specifically targeting Christians across Africa's largest and most economically powerful nation. Yet this violence often goes unreported in the media, and if reported, is seriously downplayed. To learn more about what is actually taking place in Nigeria, along with other countries where Christians face persecution, visit frc.org slash Nigeria. Did you know that Planned Parenthood is the biggest abortion supplier in the U.S.? According to Planned Parenthood's most recent annual report, it committed 354,871 abortions in fiscal year 2019, up by over 9,000 abortions since 2018. According to these numbers, Planned Parenthood aborted 972 babies every single day. To learn more about what Planned Parenthood is really doing, visit frc.org slash Planned Parenthood Facts. I'm Tony Perkins. You're listening to Washington Watch, the website TonyPerkins.com. All right, we've got team members standing by if you'd like to uh, join us as we move toward the end of our fiscal year, June the 30th. It's the deadline. We've got uh, some generous supporters who like Washington Watch and the work of FRC here in the nation's capital. Uh, every dollar you give will be doubled. So if you call us, we've got uh, team members standing by to take your call through the program tonight. 800-225-4008, 800-225-4008. I want to thank all of you who have uh, taken that step to give us a call and uh, support us. We're grateful for your support. Uh, we're here as your voice in our nation's capital. We want to continue to continue to contribute to the conversation across the country with the newsmakers so you know what's happening from a biblical perspective. All right, uh, new rumors suggest that a high-level Chinese government official has defected to the U.S. and offered information about the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Did it come from the lab? How did it come out? Um, now, there's some speculation that the Biden administration's reversal uh, back in May when the president announced he was going to give the intelligence community uh, 90 days to look into and probe the origins of the virus from the Wuhan lab, well, some suggest that, that may have been because of intelligence gathered from this defection. We don't know. But joining us now to talk about it, Gordon G. Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Gordon G. Chang, and he joins us now. Gordon, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much, Tony. All right. So we see these unverified reports. What do we know? Well, we know that Dong Jingwei, who is a vice minister of state security in China, in other words, China's top counterintelligence official, has not been seen in China for quite some time. Now, Beijing essentially says that he's not defected. They've issued a couple of news stories saying he was discharging his obligations. But they haven't done one thing, Tony. And this is something they have every reason to do. And that is to parade this guy on television to squelch all the rumors. 
because his absence indicates that there is high-level turmoil at the top of the Communist Party. So they've got, uh, you know, a thousand reasons to put this guy on TV. They haven't done it. Now, in conjunction with that, there are a lot of rumors that he's in the U.S., and he's defected, he's told us all sorts of stuff. This is going to be fascinating. But the one thing that we're pretty sure of, he's not in China. And if this, in fact, is true, would this not be one of the highest level officials from the Communist Party to defect? He would be the highest level Communist Party official to defect to the United States. Um, there was during the Maoist period, um, China's number two, who appeared to be trying to defect to Mongolia or to Russia. Um, but at least for us, this guy's number one. And by the way, Tony, there are indications that Dong not only has information about COVID-19, not only information about the military linkages to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but he is also said to have information on Communist Party payments to American business people, to American government officials. Also, he has information, it is rumored, about uh, U.S. government payments to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and payments from non-governmental actors. So he could blow up not only the Chinese political system, he could blow up the American one as well. I mean, this could be uh, huge uh, in the, the current tense status that we have with China, between China and the U.S. I guess the question would be, if, in fact, the intelligence community has this information or has access to this information uh, under the Biden administration that's kind of playing soft with China, what would they do with this intel? That's a great question, because they could very well try to ignore this. Uh, and the reason is that Biden has been very clear. Um, he wants to have uh, help on the Iran nuclear deal. He also wants China's help on an enhanced climate change uh, a pact. So he very well may decide that try to keep this quiet. Now, there was a, a U.S. government official unnamed who got in contact with Spy Talk, which was one of the publications that broke this possible defection. And this U.S. government official says that the reports of a defection are, quote unquote, not accurate. But we don't know exactly what he was saying was not accurate. And indeed, we don't even know if he was telling the truth. And very well, what he may be trying to do is to sort of placate Beijing, because Beijing, at a very sensitive time in the Chinese communist political calendar, may not want news of defection. And very well, the Biden administration could be saying, sure, we'll downplay this and you give us something else. So we really don't know what's going on here. But uh, we've got to be concerned about what the Biden administration might be doing. So, Gordon Chang, is it possible, as I've heard some speculate, that this was uh, part of the motivation for President Biden uh, kind of doing an about face on the origins of the virus and calling for uh, this intelligence probe, this 90 day probe? Could very well be. Um, and also some people have speculated, you know, President Biden had a, a two-hour phone call with Xi Jinping in February. I think that that was after the defection. And during that two-hour phone call, Biden did not raise the question of the origin of the disease. And some people are saying that it was Biden knew what was going on, so didn't have to raise it. Now, I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but there are all sorts of indications of what Biden has done or hasn't done that relate back to these defection rumors. 
So he, I think that there something has gone on. We can tell that things are not normal in China. And because of that, it's probably here. And that probably has had a great effect on the Biden administration policies. We just don't know exactly how. Yeah, I think you're right. The easiest way for the Chinese Communist Party to put an end to this is just, as you said, parade him out, show that he's still there. They can't do that. Uh, this could be uh, you mentioned the the fact that he may have information about Communist Party payments to U.S. businesses. Uh, there could be a lot of CEOs right now that are, uh, you know, kind of sitting on the edge of their seat. Yes, very much so. Um, and I'm sure there is concern in the business community because we know that propaganda, we know that the Communist Party United Front Work Department has infiltrated the U.S., all points of contact. They've gone after us. And so I shouldn't be surprised that there are people in corporate boards, people in government who are very concerned what is going on right now. And so, therefore, that might be another reason why the Biden administration has been soft peddling this because they don't want to undercut their allies. This could end up severing relations with China for a number of reasons. Not only COVID-19, Wuhan lab, but also because China's friends in the U.S. might be delegitimized by disclosures of these payments. Think, uh, did, we lose, did we lose Gordon? I'm here. Um, Gordon, can you hear me? I think I lost you. I can hear you. Okay, I'm not hearing. Uh, I'm not hearing Gordon. All right. Well, we got a technical issue there, folks. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that, uh, Gordon. We got uh, audio loss on uh, on this. Lost. End. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, this is something that we are going to uh, to continue to watch. I think this could be uh, explosive when it comes to U.S. businesses who have been uh, in. Uh, you know, working in concert with the Chinese party. Man, we've talked about this, how they are exploiting religious minorities like Uyghurs that are in these forced labor camps, and U.S. companies are profiting from this. If, in fact, uh, this is true, that this uh, Communist Party counterintelligence officer has defected to the U.S., I know that not would not be surprised the Biden administration tried to sit on this and hold it. It will get out. Uh, I, I feel certain that uh, it'll get out. It may take a while, but it will uh, definitely get out. Something we will be uh, watching. Again, uh, I encourage you to uh, to watch Gordon. He's one that I have on the program quite a bit when we're talking about China. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang, and uh, author of uh, some good books: The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. All right, um, I, I mentioned this at the top of the program, and I want to. Uh, I want to go back to uh, Louisiana. Um, I think we may have the author of the uh, State Senator Beth Mizell. She's the author of the Fairness in Women's Sports Act, which the Governor John Bell Edwards uh, vetoed today. Um, and now it's the question of whether or not the Senate will or the legislature will call itself back into a veto session. Uh, do we have Senator Mizell? We do. Senator Mizell, welcome back to the program. So bring us up to date. The governor has vetoed this. The legislature's out of session. Uh, what are the prospects of the legislature calling itself back into override? Uh, that, and thank you, Tony. That's what we're working on. Uh, it would require the House and the Senate to uh, 
as a majority, go into a veto override session, which basically involves a majority of us not sending uh, a ballot back where we are not going to have a veto session. So it's it's a little backwards. If we want to do it, we don't act. We, you know, we go ahead. We uh, don't send the ballots back. We go into session um, as a majority, and then the vote requires uh, a supermajority. We'd have to have a two-thirds vote on the floor to override the actual veto. But, you know, the hope is if we get the majority to go into a veto session, the mindset will uh, be in the chamber to support the bill as, as it was in the beginning. So uh, that's what we're working toward. We've got a lot of groups working with us. People are not comfortable overriding a veto. It's something uh, I'm sure you well know. It's, it's, uh, right. I believe it's only happened once in modern history. So uh, we're waiting. Uh, to add to that, we, we're waiting tomorrow to see uh, – Tomorrow's the deadline for the governor vetoes on uh, a constitutional carry bill from uh, Senator Morris as well. So, uh, we're you know, if, if there's multiple bills that are meaningful, then we're more likely to go into uh, an override session. So that's where we are right now. Uh, it is difficult, a high hurdle, but this is an issue that's galvanized many. And folks, uh, especially those of you in Louisiana, we're talking about uh, the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. It was authored by our guest, Senator Beth Mizell. And, and this is one of those bills that's been in other states that has passed state legislatures signed by governors. And it simply says that uh, female athletes uh, will not be forced to compete against biological males in athletic events. It's a common sense bill we never thought we would need. But the Democratic governor, John Bell Edwards, has vetoed it. So, uh, Senator Mizell, I think the uh, is the call to action having uh, Louisianians call their state uh, senators and state representative uh, to go into this right. override session? Right. What we've done uh, today, you know, we've got a lot of conservative political groups. I've, I'm, I'm a Baptist. Uh, I've asked the Baptist Association to actively speak to uh, my uh colleagues that are Baptist as well. Um, I'm, you know, we, we've got uh, the Republican Party, the Republican women. So there, there's a, a, we've got a great group I'm sure you're close to with Louisiana Family Forum. Uh, so it, there's a lot of people that feel strongly about this. And, and honestly, it's been amplified by the pictures taking place in the Olympics this week. Yes, and, right. I, and, and I think that, you know, we, we have a clear uh, photographic evidence of, of where we're headed unless we put up some barriers to protecting biological women uh, and to have a clear competitive uh, fairness in, in sports. So I don't think it's asking too much. I, I think sympathies otherwise are misplaced. And, and you know, the women, uh, we've worked a long time to get where we are, Tony. And and to think we're going to be shoved aside by a biological male at, at the advantage of being a male, uh, yeah. that doesn't sit well with a lot of us. No, it doesn't. I mean, and this is common sense. As I said, we didn't think we would uh, – I never thought we would be at this point where we got to say women's sports are for women. Uh, but that's where we are. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the Senator, world's in a strange place. Yeah. It is. Uh, Senator, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to I'm going to give out the phone numbers and encourage people in Louisiana to uh, to call their elected officials. That was uh, Senator Beth Mizell, author of the 
women's sports bill. Uh, if you are in Louisiana, and I know we've got a lot of listeners in Louisiana, call your state senator. The number is 225-342-2040. That's 225-342-2040. Call your state representative. That's 225-342-6945. That brings back some memories. 225-342-6945. The number is still the same as when I was there. Uh, call them and encourage them to support Senator Mizell and her effort to protect women's sports in Louisiana and override the Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards' veto of this bill. You can get those numbers at the website, TonyPerkins.com. And, uh, again, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, our weekly edition of Pray, Vote, Stand, actually tying right in with this, a special focus on what is happening in school board chambers across America where parents are saying enough of this nonsense and they're taking action. You can find out how you can be involved in that. Join us for the Pray, Vote, Stand event tonight. Also next Tuesday, we're having a school board boot camp. You can be a part of that as well, June the 29th. To find out more, go to TonyPerkins.com. And finally, before we depart, we still have team members waiting to take your phone call. 800-225-4008, right here at the Family Research Council. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.